Amen. Joy to the world. And I sure am glad that Jesus has come and he's coming again. And he's going to rapture the church, all those that are saved, those that know him as their personal savior. We're going out of here. And I can't wait for him to come back. I'm looking, I'm looking for that blessed hope. And I thank God for the hope that we have in Jesus. If you'd like to find your place in 2 Chronicles chapter uh, 34, 2 Chronicles chapter 34, the title of the message is Running Out of Time. And that's what's happening. We're running out of time. As Christians, we're running out of time. Hey, we're, we're one day closer to Jesus coming again. We're one day closer to meeting him. We're, we're not promised another day. We're not promised another hour. But one thing we are promised, that because we've trusted him as our Savior, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Whether we go by the way of the grave or by the way of the rapture, we're going to be in his presence and I look forward to that day. I'd like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a happy Christ-centered New Year. And if you'll make much of Christ, I promise you, he'll make much of you. And uh, may the Lord help us here as we look in Second Chronicles chapter 34. Let's read verses 1 and 2. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. Uh, you think about that for 31 years. Uh, this young man, when he was made king there at the age of eight years old, uh, and he began to reign, he made something his priority. He made the time that he had. Uh, hey, he didn't know how long he would reign. He didn't know how long he lived. But for the time that he did, uh, he made the Lord his priority. I trust that you have resolved to make God your priority because our time is running out. I'm in the last stages of my life. I'm no longer in the beginning stage. There's some young people here in this afternoon service, and uh, hey, they may be at the Lord tarries, and God allows them to, to, to live a long life, and, and uh, they're at the beginning of their, uh, of their life, and they're at the beginning stages, but even them, they don't know how much time they have, and can I just remind you that our time is running out. What are you going to do with the time that you have to spend for the Lord. Can I ask you this? How would you like to be remembered? Here Josiah, we see he was remembered for what he did right in the sight of the Lord. And he was remembered for his walk and how he walked in the ways of David, his father, and how that he declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. Can I just say that's a pretty good way to finish. That's a pretty good testimony to have. But how do you want to be remembered? Hey, do you want to be remembered as a Demas? Do you want to be remembered as a quitter? Or do you want to be remembered as a loser or a winner? I don't know about you, but I want to go out. I'm on the winning side. But I want to be remembered as someone who did something for the Lord. Will you be remembered as someone who did bad things? The Bible says even a child is known by his doings. Hey, we, we, you're known for what you do. Do you want to be known as someone that did good things in your life? 
Well, how about in the eyes of God? You see, this is recorded in the Bible. This is what God saw of Josiah. But can I ask you, how will you finish? I think about the Apostle Paul. He, he started off bad. I mean, he was a good person, you know. And then his religious zeal made him imprison Christians. Anybody that believed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, the Savior, he would imprison them, even put some to death. Oh, but thank God for that place at Damascus Road where God butted into his life and revealed himself to him there. And he called upon the name of the Lord and he got saved. And we thank God, he thanks God for that day because at that point, he quit going in the wrong direction and he started going in the right direction and he started living for God. And what a testimony he had. You know, why, 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 why are we preaching on this subject? It's so that all of us, whether you're young or old, realize that our time is running out. We're, we're right here at the end of the year. It seems like yesterday that it was the beginning of the year that we were talking about our theme verse there found in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10 and talking about walking worthy of the Lord. It just seems like yesterday that we started this year, but here we are now at the end of this year. Look, we're all coming to an end. Time is running out. If you're not saved today, then I encourage you to get saved because right now, if you're not saved, you're running against the clock. Oh, your clock is ticking. Your time is running out, but you're running against that when you ought to be doing all that you can for the Lord. Maybe you're saved and you're not doing what God wants you to do and you're not living right. Maybe you're harboring some type of sin in your life. Uh, uh, can I just say you're running out of time too. You're wasting your time that God's given you when you ought to be living for him. If you're saved today and you're living right and you're doing all that God would have you do like Josiah here, hey, you're reading your Bible and you're praying and you're faithful to church, can I just say that your time is running out as well? Hey, you better walk redeeming the time, doing all that you can to serve the Lord in these last days. Here we're going to look at a, a grandfather. We're going to look at a daddy. And then we're going to look at a son and what they did with the time that they had. The first person that I would like for us to look at, his name is Manasseh. He was the grandfather of Josiah. If you look in 2 Chronicles 33, we're going to see that Manasseh didn't start right. That's all of our stories. We, no one starts off right. We're all dead in our trespasses and sins, but thank God for the day that you get saved and God changes your life. He gives you a new direction. But here, let's look at this guy named Manasseh and let's see, compare him to Josiah and how Josiah's start was good, but his was bad. In chapter 33, in verse 6 and 7, we see Manasseh's rejection. Verse 6, And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom, 
Also, he observed times and used enchantments and used witchcraft and dealt with a familiar spirit and with wizards. He, he wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. And he said, he carved image, the idol which he had made in the house of God, of which God had said to David and to Solomon his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. Wow, we see Manasseh's rejection. Oh, he's rejected the Lord. He's not walking in the ways of David and, and Solomon, his fathers. He, he's not doing what they said. He's made a bad choice, a bad decision. In John chapter 3 and verse 17, we, we, see, uh, we see where kind of Manasseh is. But first, let's look at verse 10. We see his rejection here. We see how he's what he's doing. But look at verse 10. And the Lord spake to Manasseh and to his people, but they would not hearken. God came to them and spoke to them, but yet they refused to listen to the Lord that they were going in the wrong direction. Oh, I wonder how many people will come to church and they'll hear God speak to them through the preaching of his word, but yet they will refuse to give up their sins. They will refuse to do right and they will continue in that same path even though they've been warned time after time and all of a sudden you know what happens they harden their neck they stiffen their neck and before long you won't find them in church no more they'll be out the doors because they've hardened their heart to hear from the Lord instead of humbling themselves Boy, in John chapter 3 and verse 17, it says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John chapter 3 and verse 36 says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Here Manasseh rejected the word of the Lord, and not just him, but all those underneath him rejected to hear from the Lord. But thank the Lord... <laughs> He didn't stay that way. And that's why there's hope for everybody today underneath the sound of my voice. There's hope for you. If you'll hearken, if you'll listen, if you'll humble yourself before God. Here we see his repentance in verse 12. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed unto him. And he was entreated of him and heard his supplication and brought him again to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. Oh, I tell you what, we see his repentance. Hey, let me ask you where, do you, where are you at today? Hey, what are you known for? You may be able to hide what you're doing. You may be able to hide what you're up to from your parents, but can I just say there's a God in heaven that knows exactly where you are. He knows what you're doing, and he knows if you need to repent of something and walk with him. And you know how you get right with God is by humbling yourself. 
just like Manasseh. The Bible says in Matthew 23, 12, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. You see, Manasseh exalted his pride in his pride. He exalted himself against the Lord, bringing idols into the house of God, disregarding the word of God. But when he humbled himself, God heard his cry, and God brought him back. Here we see his restoration here in verse 14. Now after that, this, he built a wall without the city of David on the west side of, of Gion in the valley, even to the entering in at the fish gate encompassed about Ophel and raised it up a very great height and put captains of war in all the fenced cities of Judah. Oh, we see his restoration. What did he do with this new life? He didn't waste no time. You know what he did? He built a wall. Can I just say that God expects each child of God to stay within the wall. The walls that God has built up so that we don't fall for, for sin and we don't go in the wrong direction. Oh, God has put many walls in our life. He's put the Bible as a way for us to be safe from the wiles of the devil. He's given us the whole armor of God. He's given us his word. You've heard it said, I've heard it said that either sin will keep you away from the Bible or Bible, the Bible will keep you away from sin. We see what he did with this new life. He set up a, hall, a wall, a very high wall. How high are your walls that you've set up so that you cannot cross over, so that the enemy cannot cross over. How much time do you spend working on your walls, reading your Bible, praying, going to church? You see, church is a wall that God has put up to keep us right. That's why we have three services. We need all three services. Every member of this church needs all three services. We had three nights of revival meetings and we needed all three nights. You needed every word that was preached, every song that was sung. And if people would come to church three times a week, they'd be better off. They would be much better off than they would just coming once. They'll come to a revival meeting and get fired up. But if they won't continue, then all they're going to do is fall right back into the same rut because they failed to build their walls. Then you see also in verse 14, now after this he built a wall without the city of David and went to the west side and to get to the end there and what he do? And put captains of war in all the fenced cities of Judah. You know what he did? He put some men there that he could trust. Uh, some men, he got around the right crowd, if you would. Well, we need good people to hang around. We need good Christian people. Are you that good Christian person that someone would want to hang around? Or are you that person that someone could look at you as a wall and not a source of temptation? The Bible says for us to depart from iniquity. That, that means you leave it. Yeah, a lot of times we say, well, I'm just going to put this aside. No, no, the Bible says depart from iniquity. That means get away from it. Don't even be around it. Stay away from it. Then it tells us to purge ourselves. <laughs> hey, that, that means to remove yourself from that. To purge means to draw out, to move away, if you would, from that. 
Oh, may the Lord help us. We see here that Manasseh did a purging. Look at verse 15. And he took away the strange gods. He took them away. He got rid of them. All them idols uh, and the idol out of the house of the Lord and all the altars that he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem and cast them out of the city. And he repaired the altar of the Lord and sacrificed their own peace offerings and thank offerings and commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. I'm going to tell you, you got to remove some things out of your life if you're going to walk with God. They can't stay there. Because if not, they'll become a source of destruction for you. Let's look at the second person. Let's look at this daddy, Josiah's dad. Now, Josiah's dad was 22 when he came to reign. Let's read in verse 20 here of 2 Chronicles 33. So Manasseh slept with his fathers, and they buried him in his own house. And Ammon, his son, reigned in his stead. Ammon was two and twenty years old when he began to reign and reigned two years in Jerusalem. He had a very short time, by the way, to run. But he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as did Manasseh, his father. For Ammon sacrificed unto all the carved images which Manasseh, his father, had made and served them. Here we see somebody that started wrong and he stayed wrong. He did not humble himself and turn to the Lord. We see his start, his start was evil. But as his time was going to run out very shortly, we're going to also see his finish. Look in verse 24. And his servants conspired against him and slew him in his own house. He saw his father's testimony. He, he saw his father changed. He looked at his father and saw that his father humbled himself and called out to the Lord. He knew all about what God could do and that it was right to serve God, but yet he chose. He chose to reject God. And his clock ran out in two years. He died at the age of 24 Lastly, we see Josiah. Here we see Josiah. He, he made a choice at a young age. And can I say that's the best time to choose to serve the Lord is when you're young. It'll keep you from many heartaches. It'll keep you from many sins. Hey, we see that he's, his reign started in Jerusalem here in verse 1. It says when he was 8 years old. And in verse 2, it says he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Why did he do that? How did he do that? What was different between him and the others? Hey, we see here in verse 3 that he had the right priority. If you look in verse 3 of chapter 34, it says, For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. You see, he had the right priority at a young age. The Bible says in Matthew six thirty-three, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You see, he could have sought prosperity 
popularity. He could have sought popularity. He could have sought out the pleasures of sin that just lasts for a season. No, but the Bible says that he sought the Lord. He sought God. Oh, and we see how God blessed him. And when you seek God, I promise you, you'll start purging yourself of all these other things that don't need to be around you. You think Josiah could have went after anything. I mean, so many things he could have pursued, but he had the right priority. Not only that, he had the right prerogative. Prerogative means a choice. He made the right choices. He put what he believed into action. He sought the Lord. That, that means he learned of God. He, he sought what God wanted. And then he did something about it. He put it into action. And then we see the cleansing that took place there in, in verse 5. And, and, and also he says, And he burnt the bones uh, of the priest uh, under their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And verse 8 it says, Now in the 18th year of his reign, when he had purged the land and the house... Uh, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azalea, and Messiah there, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Johaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord, his God. Boy, he made the right choices. We see his cleansing. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? He put what he believed into action. Not only that, but we see here what that life will do for you. It'll give you peace. Where, where Ammon had no peace. Think about it. People conspired against him to kill him. Josiah had some peace. Look, look at verse 30. In verse 30 here of chapter 34. It says, And the king went up into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the priests, and the Levites, and all the people, great and small, and he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant that was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood in his place and made a covenant between the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart, with all his soul, to perform the words of the covenant which are written in this book. And he caused all that were present Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand to it. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. And Josiah took away all the abominations out of all the countries that pertained to the children of Israel and made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God. And all his days they departed not from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. The Bible says, Great peace have they which love thy law. In Isaiah chapter 54 verse 13 it says, And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. <laughs> Can I just say that living right will bring you some peace. It will bring you peace at home. It will bring you peace at your job. It will bring you peace at school. We've looked at the story of three men whose time ran out. One started wrong, finished right. One started wrong, finished wrong. One made the choice at a very young age to live for the Lord and sought the Lord and followed the Lord and walked with God. And he caused others not to turn against him but to go with him. You know, so many young people today are so worried that other people won't like them if they want to live for God and be right. 
Josiah didn't have any problems having friends. Why? Because he chose to serve the Lord. And people gathered around him that wanted to serve the Lord too. Hey, our time is running out. Your time's running out. What are you going to do with the time that you have left? What are you going to be known for? There's a God in heaven that's taking good records. He's got a record book and he's keeping good notes. And may the Lord help us to finish right. Let's finish this year strong. Let's look to the Lord. Let's serve the Lord. Let's live for Him. And let's bring others in with us. Let's be that light that we need to be, that testimony that others so desperately need in the days that we're living in. There is hope with the Lord.